and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Stoke in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Uncle AK. And thank you, returning listeners and watchers. If it's your first time, click on that subscribe button at the bottom to receive weekly updates on, on our latest episodes. And also to follow us on all social platforms at the SITM podcast and all streaming platforms to our SITM podcast. The email is uh, SITMpodcast237 at gmail.com. Send us referrals, questions, and comments as well. You know, we'd we'll love to hear from you. Um, today, I have two very special guests. <laughs> very first episode of 2023. So, Happy New Year, everybody. I know it's February, but still, Happy New Year. You know what I mean? I haven't done this in a minute. I haven't seen you guys in a minute. And you guys haven't seen me in a minute, too. So, yes, Happy New Year. But yeah. that's beside the point. I have very two important guests today. Um, before I get there, matter of fact, um, I myself, you know what I mean, international student, well, not international student, but, you know, uh, immigrant, and, you know, I had to leave my country and come, you know, pursue the American dream, you know what I mean, education, greener pastures to say. Um, you come in and you face different challenges, um, one, language, two, culture, um, I mean, many different things, you know, and also to the system, you know what I mean, the system that works for, it works in different ways, you know, and if you're black too, it also works in many different ways. If you're international, it's even bad or good, depending on how it is. So my guests today um, are, you know, I mean, they're, they, they, they are well-versed and educated on this subject and, you know, we'll be chatting with them Know, some of these things. So, we know, no further ado, I'm joined today by Dr. Beatrice and Dr. Chimaka. Did I say that right? Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dr. Beatrice is a medical device engineer, mentor, and academic coach. And Dr. Chimaka is a chemical engineer, researcher, and mentor. And they both are the founders of Savvy Afro Success, your plug for U.S. international student success welcome to start all right thanks for having us we're honored to be here oh definitely how you guys doing how you guys doing good i'm doing great it's a good good day yeah how's the new year been for you so far i mean it's february you know i mean i felt like january flew by so fast you know which is Mm. which is normally it's usually not the case but here and the start of the year been for you guys this far yeah for me it's it's just it's it's flying it's like it's february it's like it's about to be march <laughs> where is the year going slow down i'm just trying to catch up <laughs> yeah it's been a it's been a great start to the year um a lot of goals have started to be accomplished so yeah it's been an exciting january hoping that the rest of the year can just keep up yeah definitely definitely but i like to start like this right you both are passionate about, you know, the advancement of international and immigrant students, right? Uh, where did this passion birth from? Where did this passion come from? Yeah, yeah I could start. Um, we are, or we have been international students. We have immigrated to the United States. Um, the, the passion stems from being the people that we needed while we were going through that journey. So we didn't have people to necessarily look up to. And we saw that there was a need that you can only be what you see, right? 
So we, we wanted to be that example to inspire, encourage, and let others know that they could, they could do it. They could be successful. Um, it's hard in the moment, but they could, they could do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, I, I remember being in college and all the other international students that I knew were in college with me or like were two years ahead of me. I had I didn't really know anybody who was far ahead, who had actually gone through the process successfully and could tell me, you know, from a like look back perspective. And so, yeah, that's really what we're trying to give people here. Gotcha. Who is Beatrice and who is Chewbacca? Oof. Yeah, I think they started with my name, so I'll take that one. Um, you introduced me as an academic coach, a medical device engineer, a mentor, and all these things. Um, but at the core of who I am, um, I was born and raised in Cameroon, West Africa. I went to primary, secondary, and high school there. And then I transitioned to the United States. So I am an African. I am a Black woman. I am a scientist, so a woman in STEM. Um, I am a doctor because I have a doctorate. Um, so there are so many facets of my life that it's difficult to kind of just wrap that up into one. Um, but I think a core and center to who I am, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that's very passionate about um, education and how far education can take you in life. And so it's it's kind of foundational and grounding for me. And, and so the Savvy Afro success was kind of birthed out of that passion. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for me, I was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, and then I came here in 2012 for college and I just haven't left. Um, <laughs> but in that time, I have, you know, gotten a bachelor's in chemical engineering, a PhD in chemical engineering, and I now work for a material science company. Um, if I think if my friends were to describe me, they would say that at, at the core of who I am, I'm someone who likes to give back. So whether it's in church or in, like with classes or just to the local community, I'm always looking for ways to give back and to share really all the like knowledge and the resources that I have gathered along the way. So hence Savvy uh, for success. But yeah, that's who I am. Man, yeah, cool. That's enough. Kudos to you guys. Uh doctorate, PhD. That's too much education. <laughs> you know, here you guys are stuck in the middle, right? Um pretty much like the, the you know the the underlining, you know, the, the, the foundation of it is lawyer, doctor, engineer, disgrace the family, right? <laughs> so yeah. you guys being African and, not, you know, West African at that, uh, our parents are like, man, you have to go to school. You have to go, you know, get... <laughs> you, know, you guys decided to do for yourself or was it, you know, family, like, you know, the parents pushed and said, hey, you have to do this. Maybe I'll go first. I... <laughs> um... My, my parents always wanted me to be a medical doctor. and But I think from an early age, it was clear that I had no interest in being a medical doctor. So they're like, okay, I guess do whatever it is that you want. Um, not all my siblings can tell you that that's their experience, but that was my experience. Um, <laughs> and with chemical engineering, I just, I loved chemical engineering. Um, I was really good at it. Really, really good at chemical engineering. 
And so towards the end, I was just like, well, what else could I do? I really liked, one of the things I learned in college is that I liked to do research. Um, and so it was quite a, after a couple of exposures and opportunities, I decided that I was going to go do um, a PhD. And I remember calling my mom actually, uh, when I was thinking of doing a PhD, I was like, you know, I know that this is, I don't know if this was your plan. I don't like, I don't know what plans you had for me. I know this, you know, may, like I feel like in every parent, like you go to college, you get married. I'm like, I know this may like inter interfere with this like marriage idea that you have for me. How do you feel? She's like, girl, do what you need to do. I'm like, all right, <laughs> rock on. So yeah, that's that's how I went to grad school. Um, I just loved research and I loved science, and I figured, why stop? So, yeah. 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 So for me, um, I like to think I'm the pride and joy of and my ancestors' wildest dreams. What I like to think. Um that's because I have the doctorate. I'm the first person with a PhD in my family. But then also, similar to Chiamaka, growing up, my dad thought I was going to be a medical doctor. He wanted me to be. My mom always said, oh, I'm going to have six doctors, is what she used to say. Um, but I love science from a young age. You know, in high school in Cameroon, you get to pick arts or science. Um, I knew that science is what it was going to be for me. Um, I had not decided I would not be a medical doctor. So my dad sent me to go shadow a doctor actually while I was in Cameroon. And during that time, I realized that actually I can't, I can't do, I can't be a doctor. I can't stand the sight of blood. I can't handle the patient care aspect of things. Um, when I got to the United States, I said, um, I could actually be a, I could actually be a doctor in medicine in medicine without being a medical doctor. I got to learn about biomedical engineering. And I thought, ooh, that's something that's cool where you're an engineer that makes devices and then they go into the patients. And so you're kind of a doctor in medicine, just not a medical doctor. And so I went through this journey of actually studying chemical engineering for undergrad then getting into grad school and specializing in biomedical engineering, and then found myself in a path where I support research and development of devices that go into patients' bodies. So I am kind of a doctor in medicine to a certain extent, just not the dream that my dad had for me. Yeah. Hey, a PhD is a PhD. <laughs> I'm not of it. It's a doctor, you know, it don't matter. You know, uh, like you could fake it again to you. You know, you could you could start taking YouTube courses. You know, on how to be a real. <laughs> Please don't, don't take it. <laughs> we, don't, we don't endorse that. Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, um, like you guys mentioned, right? You guys founded um Savvy after success. First of all, where did you guys get that captivating name? And second, mm -hmm. what is Savvy after success? <laughs> I can start. Oh, I, I can I can answer that one. So when did we find the name? It was many months of iterations and prayers and discussion. You know, I, 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 we would have thought that when you start a business, the name would be the easiest thing, but it, yeah. it really wasn't. <laughs> it was so much work. But by the time we landed on Sabria for success, we were both very pleased. And it just, it sounded right. It sounded like it was like everything we always like wanted it to be. So that was, that was the name. Um, 
and we knew one of our names something about education or success and like to like show, showcase you know africans and afro hence it all came together and sabri afro success for those who don't know is really an educational consulting business and our goal is to help people like us um, people like who we were 10 12 years ago yeah. to you know, different stages so you just finished with high school and you're thinking of going to school in america our goal is to help walk you through the process so we want to help you pick schools we want to help you look at what schools would be good for you we want to help you prepare a package that really showcases your strength as a student and today you can come here um, we also want to be able to help you find scholarships so we know that going to school in america is really expensive so we also want to help you you know package your um, application in such a way that you stand out from all the other applicants using all the tips and tricks that we've learned um, along the way if you're also thinking of going to graduate school so you know like we mentioned right we have phds but before you get a phd you have to apply to graduate school so we have a lot of experience with um, just doing graduate school applications preparing like strong statement of purposes um, but also like a strong resume and letter of recommendation so we also want to help you through that process either to get your bachelor's or to go to graduate school. And then, because we just, we love you guys and we want to make sure everybody's set up for success, we also have um, services for people who are already in school. So are you getting your bachelor's like already in the United States or are you in graduate school already in the United States? We have mentoring and coaching programs um, that really the goal is to help you start thinking about what you're going to do next. So. You're in your second year in undergrad. That's great. What are you thinking of doing like when you graduate? What are you going to do with your summer? Like what are the things you're supposed to be doing now to prepare you for where you want to be in like two, four years? So those are just some of the things that we do and some of the things that we hope to um, help international students. And our vision really is to be that launching pad for international students um, to come to the U.S. and then succeed. Yeah. Man. I was going to ask you that, you know, are you PR trained? Then I remember. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you just let all that flow out. Man, I got to go get my PhD, man. What the hell? <laughs> what? Man, good job, man. <laughs> I'll give you that one. You've answered the purpose, everything. We got you. We're leaving no stones unturned here, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dr. Beatrice, I beg, do you have something to add? No, I was just going to say, like, all of this comes from a place of passion, right? So when she speaks about it, like, we're really passionate about this work because we've lived the journey of being an international student. And what we're really just trying to do is to give back, which Chiamaka said is foundational to who she is. We're just trying to give back everything that we've learned to make sure that the people coming after us are kind of set up to succeed. You know, like if they don't even know the right questions to ask, we are guiding them to those questions they should be asking. Um, if they already have questions, we're guiding them towards the answers that they need. Um, and we do that through our blog and our services, our website, our social media pages. And yeah, Which is that's very, all I got to add. This is very clean, by the way. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you guys check it out. You know, um, all the links will be in the show notes uh, for sure. But um, what are some challenges, right? Some common challenges that, you know, you guys have seen or that you faced yourself, 
you know, mm-hmm. as you know, being an international or immigrant student? Yeah, I think I could take this one. Um, the very first pain point or challenge for an international student a lot of times is money. Like school in the United States is expensive to begin with, right? U.S. permanent residents take student loans. A lot of international students, they do not have that opportunity. Unless you have a very wealthy father or family back home, it's going to be a struggle for you, right? And so for us, scholarships is something that we're really passionate about, helping other students achieve. I went to school on scholarship. Chiamaka went to school on complete scholarship for the entire time she was here. So uh, that pain point of money is like, it's a question that we're trying to help students know that actually you can find ways to fund the international student journey in the United States and not break the bank. Like your parents don't have to sell all the land they have back home just so that you could go to school. Um, I think the second thing is not having the right information. Like you don't know what you don't know, right? And that's because you maybe don't have a family member that has gone, who has taken the same major as you, who has gone through the journey of being an international student. And a lot of times you take those questions to your international student office, and sometimes they'll answer you, and sometimes they will not even have the right answers for you. And so, because we've lived that journey, like we, like we know where it hurts, right? If we don't have the exact answer for you, we know how to find it. And so that's kind of those needs that we're trying to meet here for people. Yeah. Um, real quick, Dr. Uh, Chevako, can you share like a personal experience, you know, you know, you know, being an, well, when you were an international student, when, you know, when you were going to school and, um, you know, how that shaped, you know, your life and definitely, you know, brought you to this calling of uh, uh, SAS. Yeah, so one of the things that really hurt me <laughs> when I was in college was because because of I mean because of where our college was located, um, I didn't have a lot of access. A lot of companies who would come to interview for internships, like the job fairs where companies come and recruit students, a lot of them weren't looking for international students, and so like the pool of um, research internships that I could apply to were very limited. What that meant was I had to get very creative with what, with what I did with my summer. So where a lot of students would like, uh, a lot of domestic students would like find internships and go on internships. And these internships are really helpful for you when you're trying to get a full-time job after school. Um, I had to figure out what I would do with my summer that would still count because the internships weren't coming. I wasn't just getting, you know, as soon as, Literally, interviews will interviews will stop when this, like they hear you that see your you're name, national student. And you're like you haven't even like talk. It could be the smartest person in your class. It didn't match up, but because yeah. you're international, it's like it was just hard to take a chance. Um, but what that did for me though was I I I did a lot of different things with my summers that actually shaped me and gave me different unique experiences. So I studied abroad in Paris. I did a summer research program at a different institution. Um, MIT, um, by the way, that's where she went. I'm sorry, I just had to put that in there. You're not trying to name drop, but she did a okay. summer research internship at MIT, it the number great. one university in the world. Yeah. Um, but all of those things um allowed me to become a more well-rounded student. 
Um, but it also allowed me to introduce of these opportunities to people who didn't even know. There were people who didn't even know you could apply to these opportunities, right? Like, it's 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 just weird to be like, oh, you can actually study abroad on a scholarship. You don't have to break the bank. Just I was because I did these things, I was now able to go back to other international students that I knew. I'm like, hey, like, if you don't get an internship here, I'd be like. 500 other things you could be doing with your summer you shouldn't be sitting at home with your summer so i think that was a challenge for me that because i had to overcome that challenge it made me um more useful to it just gave me more knowledge that i could share with other people but yeah wow mit this <laughs> <Just> sense so <laughs> hey <laughs> Dr. Beatrice, do you have anything to add <laughs> i cannot i cannot top that one i'm sorry i'm sorry Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> got a point there. Got a point there. All right. So for you, right? What was your biggest challenge? What was the biggest challenge? Your biggest challenge that you faced? You know, when yeah. you campus, you know, as an international student. Yeah. Um. So for me, I would say, so when I when I came to the U.S. initially, I had a bit of a comfort zone in that my family, I had my sisters here. And so, and I also started at a community college. Community colleges are generally smaller um, and your international student office, they like, they really care about you. Your class sizes are smaller. I had my sisters there. So there was a bit of a comfort zone. But now two years later, I had to transfer to a four-year university and I actually went out of state. That's where my biggest challenge came. Um, I was going to a new place where I did not know anyone. Um, that's where the, like the real culture shock actually happened right and so i think the very first thing that i did was i tried to reach out to people on facebook i actually was just trying to find other like african international students on facebook to see who i could ask questions about the weather because from my two-year experience i knew that the weather in the u.s was crazy um what kind of classes to take um you know just the basic questions that you would need and from that process that's actually how I got to meet Shiamaka and I and I got to know her and found out that we're actually in the same class um but just that adjustment period of finding out oh what classes do I do I sign up for um where is the learning center or like the tutoring center if I I'm struggling in a class where can I go to um like how do the dorms work because I had never lived you know on, on campus before like how do the dining halls work? Like those basic questions, I feel like reaching out to someone else, in this case, Chiamaka, um, was very helpful for me because then I could I could figure out, okay, this is how things work here. Let's figure it out from there. Yeah, that was that was my experience. Man, I mean, I remember the first time when I sat foot in high school and everybody was speaking fast. Study <laughs> when everybody's speaking so fast, you know, and I'll say, yeah. teacher speaking fast, man. But you know, like, all I to say, how does language, you know, play <laughs> when you know you talk to international students, or you know, when you came yourself, like, how was language a barrier, or how did you use that, you know, to feel, you know, your passions and also feel your journey through it? Yeah, I, I can go first. Um, <laughs> I think one of the biggest challenges for me was just 
being having to repeat yourself over and over again because nobody can understand what you're saying like you're doing your very best but nobody understands what you're saying <laughs> and you have to be like okay i'm going to slow down i'm going to try again and like speak again and so that was i think for me it's just like learning to not give up until i'm understood because mm. what, what that does to you right if you come in and you feel like you have to repeat yourself over and over again you can like how i'm going to your shell and just stop yeah. speaking that's not a very helpful thing if you're going to succeed in college in america you need to talk um and so like learning to be like okay they didn't understand me but i'm gonna say it again and i'm gonna try again and we're gonna mm. we're gonna figure out an equilibrium here um and i think the other thing that i learned um was just not to be so my name is Chiamaka. I've always gone by Chiamaka. Um, everybody tries to shorten my name. Everybody's like, oh, can I call you this? I'm like, but that's not my name. So no. So just learning to be, to confidently tell people like, that's not my name. That's not how you say my name. Let's say my name together so that you learn how to say my name and you don't have to give me a nickname. That's something that <laughs> from the one I set foot in America, I like made sure that that was like, for me, that was like my culture, my identity. That's the one thing I held on to. I'm like, I'm not giving up my name. We will say my name slowly until we all get it right. And I'm so proud I did because here we are many years later, they're still, still the same. So yeah, I think that's it for me. <laughs> I wasn't that bold. Um, my first year in community college was actually a, a big struggle um, with the language thing. Every time I said something, um, I would get, huh? Like, what are you saying? And <laughs> and then I'll repeat myself again, and then I'll still get the, huh? What are you saying? And so for me, someone who in high school, like, if a question is asked in class, I raise my hand up and I speak very boldly. Like, I would sit in calculus class and they would solve a problem, and I clearly know the answer to it. I would not say anything about it, you know? Like, I I did cower in and become shy to speak up. I remember um, uh, this pre-engineering group project class where I was on. I was on this group with a whole bunch of Caucasian males. And we're trying to figure out this engineering project that they have going. And when I say my idea, like, they are not considering it. But then the next person says the exact same thing that I said. And they're like, yeah, let's go with that. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, like, I just said that, you know, like in my head, I'm like, I just said that. So I had to, at some point, come to the realization that you're going to either speak up or you just keep being ignored, you know, like you have to kind of take take it into your own hands. You're going to have to repeat yourself so many times. And eventually, you know, your accent is going to change. Eventually, you start speaking differently. Um, eventually you never like an American to, never like an American differently because <laughs> to today at work I still speak and people are like huh there are still some <laughs> words that I cannot pronounce exactly the way Americans do but because of that journey of like speaking and people not hearing you and then repeating it again and getting into the bonus and confidence to keep saying it you know, today, it doesn't phase me like it did, you know, 10 years ago. Today, I'm like, if I know the thing that I'm saying, I will say it in my little accent, but I will still say it, yeah. I always say it's a thought that counts. 
But let's go back to stats, right? Um, discovery calls, school search and uh, selection and selection consult, admission application, ACA review, resume, CV review, um, admission application package, academic coaching, and mentorship packaging. These are all services that you guys provide on the SAS, right? Um, speak to us a little bit about these services and the benefits of them. Beatrice, do you want to take that? Yeah, I could take that. So when we're thinking about how do we want to serve international students like us, we thought about it from the perspective of we're going to have perspective of future international students and we're going to have current international students. Is For the current international students, we thought, okay, what kind of service can we give to them? Um, they have already been admitted into the United States. They probably have some questions that are unanswered. They're probably looking for jobs. So how can we serve them? And so that's where that um, resume review comes in. That's where that um, academic coaching and mentorship package comes in for them. And the idea with the resume review is if you're trying to look for jobs, bring those resumes to us. Let's talk through some of the experiences you've had. Let's let's figure out how we can tell the story of those experiences better and, and, and highlight the accomplishments that you've had such that it's telling the recruiter, it's telling the company that, oh, I'm an international student who can bring value to your company. Um, for people, for the current international students who might be struggling in classes, you know, maybe be their GPA, that's where academic coaching kind of comes in. There we can speak to them about test taking, we can speak to them about what kind of classes to sign up for, what kind of opportunities exist on campus that they should be taking advantage of, you know, such that it can set them apart for whether it's grad school they want to go to in the future or whether it's a job that they are looking for. And then now for our perspective of future international students, that's where that school search and selection consort could come in. And the way we've thought about it is our prospective students could be one of two people. It could be someone in Cameroon, Nigeria, or someone on the African continent or wherever in the world that wants to come study in the United States, but has no idea where to start, right? And we could start with them by asking them a couple of questions or it could be someone who already knows that oh i want to study this program i want to i want to go to a school in this specific state i've already started the application process but i don't know if my admissions package is the best for it and so we help both both students right with a, a school search and selection consult it is more so for that student that has no idea where to start it's more so for that student that is still looking for schools that offer their program of study. Um, for our admissions ap um, application essay review service, it's for that student who is already in the applications process, who may have already started writing their essay and they need another set of eyes to take a look at it and make sure that it is distinctive enough that once it meets the uh, admissions committee, they are moving them from the group of applicants to okay we we love this student we want to we want this student at our school and then our admissions application package service is kind of a combination of everything from the school search to the essay review to the okay i want to reach out to different professors to work with them to i don't know which school i want to i want to apply to let's go through these different schools so that package service kind of 
comes in with a lot of other mini services, right? And then for all of these services, we always encourage our clients to meet with us one time before actually putting in that investment in us. Meet with us one time for 15 minutes during our free discovery call. Get to know us. Let's get to know you. Let's figure out how we can support you. Let's figure out exactly where you are in that journey and what service is the most appropriate for you. And let's just let's just talk about what your journey is and what you're hoping to accomplish and how this SaaS could be could come in such that you can get to exactly where you're trying to go to. Yeah. Shemaka, is there anything you want to add there? Thank you. Summarize that beautiful. Thanks. This is the reason why I'm not called, you know, and, you know, um, knock on your door for your services. <laughs> That's just me. You know, I hope, you know, international students are, or, or parents, you know, with kids, you know, who are, I hope you guys can reach out to, you know, SAS for, uh, 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 you know, uh, not services or whichever, you know, set up that consultation. You never know. Um, how do international students contribute to the diversity and inclusiveness of, you know, of college campuses? Mm. I love that question. So I, I can start. So, I mean, I, I went to, I went to college, right? All four years, well, this four year university in a location that was predominantly white. So, I mean, black people were like maybe 5% and then subset of that are international students. And I can tell you that just from my interactions with people on campus, whether it was my, the girl I met across the hall who ended up being one of my best friends who is from Colorado or the people I met in like my honors classes, just this like small intimate spaces where I got to meet people. Um, and where, you know, we would talk about, oh, like, oh, where are you from? And I had this elaborate story about where I'm from, my culture, I talk about like, Food, but also like names. I go like, what is your name? I love telling people what my name means. It's amazing. It means God is beautiful. But just being like, oh, my name isn't just like a random thing that was just pro like my name has a meaning, right? Just all those different conversations. I think like it really enriches, like when we talk about diversity, you can't be more diverse than somebody who is not even from the country. So <laughs> it really like enriches the experience um, of everybody on campus, but also you, right? So I met Tons of people from places that I didn't even know about. Like, you know, I like, when I went to grad school in Atlanta, I met people from Croatia. I met people from Ecuador, like all this. So the beauty is like, you're not just the only kind of international student that's on campus. There are many other kinds of international students on campus too. So you can learn about their cultures. But you can also learn about the like Americans culture. I mean, the thing you learn very quickly, and I learned very quickly about America, was that it's like very diverse, so right? Every state is different. Every state has something that is unique. Every region is different. So even within the US, you learn so much about like their culture and what like different people sort of stand for. So yeah, I would say in some, like really because as international students, right? We're used, as immigrants, we're used to going someplace new and someplace different. We can really like, then absorb all the different things that are thrown at us and then like you know give it back to the world. So yeah, that's what I think. Beatrice. 
definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you summarized that really beautifully. Um, my first set of friends when I started at community college, I had a friend from Ethiopia and I had a, a friend from Niger. And then I think my other friend was from the Middle East. I forget if it was Saudi Arabia. Um, prior to coming to the United States, I had not thought of those other countries. Um, I did not know what people from that place looked like or what they sounded like or what their experiences were. And so I feel like international students bring with them their culture and then they come in and they share that culture with almost every single person that they touch. And so like for me right now as a Cameroonian living in Minnesota, the people I interact with at work know where Cameroon is on the map. Like prior to that, they probably will not know where that is. And so when I when I get into any meeting with someone in one of my slides or my introduction to who I am, I have a, a wall map on there and of the African continent and, and just where Cameroon is. Like we <laughs> <laughs> No, we add in we add into just the knowledge base of every single person that we touch. And and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And that's a good idea. Yeah, I definitely gonna start using that. Pop <laughs> add, you know, the, the app into the African continent and say, it is Cameroon, this is where I'm from. Yep. Definitely. You know, visuals are good. Um institutions and and you know, educators, right? They also play a huge factor, you know, into the you know, molding of international students or the day to day, the day to day of you know international students. How can they help better or support international students through their academic journey? Hmm. Well, I can start. So I and when I think back to my experiences on like two different campuses now, two and a half if you count, you know, the summer I spent at MIT. I think that it counts. I would say that the one of the main things really is in the international students' offices, you really need people who are actual international students who are working there. So it's one thing for somebody to have a passion for, you know, just diverse experiences and um, bringing diverse cultures to the institution. That's different. But like, if I come to you as an international student and I'm asking you, oh, what what are the nuts and bolts of OPT? And I don't just want the like clerical, here's what the USCIS website says. I can read that, but like, I have more questions than that. I would like to have somebody, I would like the international student office to tell me, hey, go talk to XYZ. They have, like here are international counselors who have gone through this experience who can actually talk to you about it. I think if I had that on campus, it would might be a different experience. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, when I think of my touch, the few times that I touched international student office, I remember my experience at the community college I started in. I had this international student advisor who was, she was very welcoming. And she, when it's at the beginning of every semester, when you have to sign up for classes, you needed like, I think at the time, I don't know if you needed her signature, but you just needed to check in with her to make sure that you're kind of on track, the classes you're signing up for are relevant to the major that you're trying. Because sometimes we don't know, like we don't know what we don't know. We're just signing up for classes just because you have to sign up for it. And then now when I transferred to a four-year university where it was much bigger, I feel like at those, at those bigger campuses, the international student office, 
is not that personal, right? A lot of times, if you ask questions, they refer you to this document that you could easily have found on your own. And it's like, yeah, I have these questions, but you're not like you answer them, but but the answers still leave me with more questions, right? Um, and so to Chair Marcus' point, if they had people that actually had the lived experience of international students, that would be helpful. Um, I think if they, even if they, di they didn't have that, if they brought in more international students that have that, that lived experiences to talk to their current international students, they created programs that, that allow international students to, to see what their future could be after school is completed, I feel like that would be so much helpful. Because a lot of times for these students, what they are told is, okay, when you, you're done with school, you have one year of OPT that you could work in the United States, or if not, you go back to your home country. And that's it, right? But there are a lot more options than that. Yeah. And you can show a diverse, diverse group of people that have done more than that, right? Yeah. It's just like it's like you you're speaking and you see my brain because I was just about to ask that, you know, uh, stress right could impact an international student um day to day or their studies right and some of the so, so, some of the things that could you know lead to that stress is you know uh, um having papers you know to actually stay in like say for example school they'll have to go back so you know that you know they have to you know stay in you know, school or when they're done. Right. They also have to find a job or do all these different things. Like, is that something that you guys to also uh, talk to you know, international students about or help them you know, navigate? Absolutely. Yeah. So, our help in that case is not necessarily giving the student an opportunity to go apply for this, but it's really just presenting to them the different options that could be out there for them that they may not have thought about, right? Some international students don't even know what OPT is. And I, I guess for the people that are listening, OPT is optional, pract is it optional practical training. It is a one-year opportunity to work and practice in the area that you had studied in. And if you're in STEM, you get an additional two years on top of that. So you can get three years of work authorization in the United States as an international student if you had studied in a STEM field. And some students do not know that, right? So yeah, you're in school, you're studying, but I feel like the first touch point with the international student is not, with the international student office should not be in the semester that you're graduating. It should have been way before that. Because if that's when you're going to the international student office, it's kind of a little too late. I mean, of course, you can find ways ways to find an opportunity, but the the sooner you like know about all the options that are available for you, the better. Yeah. I don't that's that's part of what you know we at SAS are trying to do right here. So our hope really is that we can establish a, a relationship with you, our potential clients where you can come to us your second year in undergrad and grab like, hey, like, this is where I am now. This is where I'm going. What are the things I should be doing to get me to where I want to be four or five years from now, right? So yeah, the International Student Office may not fill all of that void, but our hope is that, you know, as 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 like a, 
business, a consulting um, business, we can help fill fill that void for you. So. Yeah. Um, technology, right, plays a big factor in all of this, right? How has technology helped you or how does it, and how have you leveraged that, right, with not just SaaS, but yourself as well, you know, and international students at that. How can they leverage technology for themselves? Mm. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, when I think of technology, as someone who is an engineer, um, I feel like technology right now it has changed over the years. Right when I just came to the United States, um, all we had was okay, we use the internet for some of our assignments in school. We used. Um, our phones to communicate with our family back home and that was kind of the most limited extent of it but now 10 plus years later like not having a phone or computer right now it's kind of unheard of you can't do anything without it we host our meetings online right classes right now in some schools are completely virtual right I mean, our, business, our business is virtual so. our business is completely <laughs> virtual that's right we completely exist in the virtual space. It has allowed us to connect, connect with clients in Kenya, connect with clients in South Africa, connect with clients across the world and assist them, right? So I think it has played such a huge role. Um, and of course, it allows us to connect with our families almost every single day. Yeah. I do. I have something to add, if you don't mind. So... I remember in college, right, we would have, I, I don't remember the name of the website. I was trying to remember it, but there's just, there are just websites that have the answers to the textbook, like homework assignments, yeah. right? Like, it's all well and good. You can use them, please. Well, actually, let me not say more than that. You can use them. They're available on the internet. So obviously you can use them, but I would encourage people to go further. And this is a thing, this is where, you know, you start to distinguish yourself as a student. Are you the kind of person who would just use that to do your homework and submit it? Or are you the kind of person who like, yeah, you've done, you've used it, you know the answer. Like now let me go back and understand how they arrived at this answer. Because that's what differentiates like an A student from a B student. Like it's one thing to do it and pass. That's cool. But like why? Those are the, if you can, if you can figure out why um, they got to the answer that they got to, you know, if an exam question comes that's different from the homework, now you have more skills to be able to actually like tackle um, that exam question. So I just wanted to add that, like, we all know that the answers to textbooks are out there, use them judiciously, but use them to learn, use them to your advantage. Yeah, Man, that's true and all, you know, I really, I really agree with it. That's a, that's a very good perspective. <laughs> but for those chemistry, I mean, physics questions are the same. Man is standing behind the wall and he can see something at a 45 degree angle behind him and all whatnot. Like, how does that help me in real life? You know what I mean? Like, I'll just look for the answer and keep it moving because I don't. <laughs> those are the questions. How do those How do those even help us in real life? We're still figuring it out to today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good perspective. I really like that. Uh, could you please share? you please share a very memorable moment, you know, being an international student, international student that stuck with you to today, right? Mm. It campus, be it, you know, language, I don't know, something. Share something that stuck with you today. I, I, can't, I have a story. Um, so this is maybe like week two 
on campus in the dorms. Um, I remember going to the dining hall with this, my friend. This is a whole Nigerian girl. And, you know, we see the dining hall is going to have biscuits and, like, it's going to have rice. So we're like, ah, great food we recognize. We can't wait. We show up. Uh, we go to the hall. We go to the line. And we're like, oh, okay. So, like, where's the rice? And they give us, like, a little serving. And I don't know. I don't know what it is in Cameroon, but in Nigeria, like, rice is the dish. You know, if you tell me I'm eating rice, I expect a big bowl of rice and a piece of meat. But no, the rice was like one small spoon. And I'm like, is this it? They're like, yeah, that's it. I was like, you guys are joking. Stop. Anyway, so that was like one. I'm like, okay, cool. They're biscuits. It's okay. Like, you know, we'll have some snacks at the end. And so, like, you know, after we were like, oh, like, let's look at these biscuits. Like, because I'm thinking cookies in Nigeria is what we call, like, biscuits. Like, something sweet, you know, something light. And, like, we don't see any biscuits. And it turns out biscuit is bread. It's bread. <laughs> get my full serving of rice. And second of all, I don't like I always think about just like the disappointment I felt when I realized that rice was a side and biscuit was not biscuit. It was bread. Uncle <laughs> Beatrice, got any? No, I don't have any. <laughs> All right, how about this one? How about this one? Oh, uh, campus involvements, right? Like for me, when I used to go to school, I didn't care about no uh, extracurricular activity. I worried about work and that's it, right? Mm. Today, I'm like, shit, I wish, you know, I got involved in some, you know, extracurricular activity. So yeah. with that said, like, could you please elaborate the importance of, you know, uh, campus involvement? Yeah. Especially being an international student. Yeah, you teed it up nicely. As an international student, you cannot afford to just go to school and pass exam. Like, that's not it. You're not going to get a job. You're not, like, you you might get get a job, sure. But, like, you need more. You, You need more. You need to show leadership. You need to show community involvement. You need to show that you don't just care about school because your job is not going to be like school. A lot of times with these jobs, they interview and, they're looking for a culture fit, someone that will come in and get along with people that will lead teams, you know. So there's more that's needed. And the way you get that is through campus involvement. Join the organizations that are on campus. You can start with your international student organization. There was African student organization on our campus um, in undergrad. There was also in your major, sometimes you have an maybe an honor society or like uh like an engineering organization in that case it was national society of black engineers which is something that i ended up being very passionate about and being very involved in and you don't just want to like show up to meetings and just show up to activities no like put your hand up and lead a committee put your hand up and lead uh be a secretary be the treasurer be the vice president be the president like take charge or ownership of something in that organization it's not just going to be good for your resume, but just for your personal growth as well. Because then you get to work with other people. Then you get to see how capable you are of actually leading th- things and like 
bringing a vision to life, right? Because as you plan events for these organizations, like your soft skills are being built up, how you communicate with people, how you manage projects, how you how you make things happen, like just logistics or coordination, like that's, that's, those are important life skills that you wouldn't know unless you're involved in like some kind, some form of campus activity. Some people are involved in dance on campus and that's great because they organize dance, they do choreography, like whatever your jam is, like whatever you're passionate about, find it and be involved in it. But then the caveat, what I tell my little sister is, don't let that take over your entire college life. Like you can't be in five five student organizations on campus. Like how are you gonna pass exam? You cannot just do all of it, you know? So <laughs> pick the top two, right? Do school well, 70, 75% of the time, and then do student activities 25% of the time. Now, if you have a job, you throw a job in there. And of course, those percentages would, would vary, but be involved. Yeah. Yeah. And just to add like a 4.0 GPA and take this from somebody who had a near perfect GPA. A 4.0 GPA is not going to get you a job. Like, like it's nice, but it's not going to get you a job. So it gives you bragging rights, if anything. And that's, that's it. All. Bragging rights don't pay the bills, so. Oh, could you guys share any advice you have for international students or, you know, immigrant students um, who may be feeling overwhelmed or homesick or um, thinking about, you know, taking that first step into, you know, into going abroad for studies? What advice do you have? So how about I tackle homesickness and then Beatrice, you do first step mm-hmm. okay so for those who are feeling homesick like it's, it's perfectly normal like i felt homesick i, I still miss my mom you know like you, you continue to my parents live in nigeria you continue to feel homesick throughout your life unless you have all of your family in, in the u.s um so i think i would say the advice is find people in find people in your circle so find people on campus that you connect with who are who can who have the same experiences right so um as a freshman i had i had like my i had many friends and i had a group of friends that were nigerian um and so we would go to someone's house and like something as small as cooking jollof rice was a really wonderful experience right it was like those those do little things that remind you of home so you need to find people to do it with and if you don't have, you know, people from the same place, then find anybody and cook the food for them. You know, they're going to enjoy it regardless. Like you, like you don't, I know when we think of community, we think of people who look exactly like us, but there's something like where we're from is just one part of who we are. There's so many other facets about us and the things we care about. And you can always find somebody who cares about something else that you care about. Connect with them on that, like view that bond and view that friendship and explore so that's how like i would advise dealing with homesickness yeah that's good yeah that's good um the second part of the question i don't think i heard it well was it about people that are trying to be international students people um people thinking about venture like leaving their home country to come to go to another country to study right 
of, let's say, a journey without first step. And most times, taking that first step, what will hinder somebody from taking that first step is fear, right? Yeah. Or fear of just cultural shock, all these different things. So, yeah. for people who want to take that first step but are scared. I, I think I'll borrow Nike's statement and say, just do it. Like, I know. Like, just do it because you're stepping out of your comfort zone and that's where growth actually happens. Like, there's no growth that happens where you're comfortable. And you thank yourself for doing it, right? I would say that no one has left their home country and gone and studied somewhere. I mean, no one that I know, let me put it that way, and regretted it. You could have a bad experience, right? You could have challenging times. But those experiences push you to a new dimension, a new level of who who you are that you do not even think was possible. The eloquence, the boldness, the confidence that I have today is as a result of actually being an international student and stepping into spaces that were not comfortable for me. At home, you know, I would have been sheltered. You know, I would have been risk averse, not doing anything that is not, you know, doesn't sound good, doesn't look good, it's not safe, you know. But here, you you learn to really depend on yourself. It's like how people say you should always take a solo trip or like a solo travel adventure because then you really learn a lot about yourself. Like taking that leap as an international student, it's a similar adventure. You get to rely on yourself, you get to trust trust yourself and you get to just know yourself. And from that will come growth. It will come so many opportunities and the trajectory of a life could literally change like your life and the generations that come after you. You could come to the US and then remain and now this is where your life is because you now work and live here. You could bring the rest of your family with you. For a lot of immigrants, like it started for them because one of their father, their aunt, someone came to the United States to study. Like not everyone wins the lottery, right? Some people start out as students. So just do it. You guys are women and not just remember black women at that. You made it all the way to your PhD. Black women at that in America. What and international students. I mean, mm-hmm. let me put that. Let me let me let me let me let me really highlight that. If I had to highlight that international yeah. right. What challenges did you guys face? And what challenges are you guys still currently facing that you think should not be challenges? Mm, as black women. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think I think challenges are bound, right? So um, currently at work, I like help with with the women's network. I like serve on one of the teams, and just if you look at the um, if you look at upper leadership, if you look at those in the C suite, so CEOs, CFOs, all of those people, you see that as you go from entry level to those in the C suite, the number of black women decreases rather rather quickly. I mean, you can break it down to all your different social structures, and like you see that women. At a disadvantage, black people at a disadvantage, black women, double double jeopardy. 
<laughs> so you just this is just America. Um and probably I I don't know. I because I live in America right now, I would say I'm only speaking through the lens of, you know, living in America. Um and one of the things that, you know, if you ask a lot of black women why why is it that the pipeline leaks as you go up? One of the reasons is like people black people just don't feel as supported as their white counterparts at work. Um for some reason, for some reason, black people in general, but also black women, black women have to prove that they have earned their place at the table. So me and a white male can have the exact same degree. We could have gone, had this exact same experiences, but somehow because I'm black, like I have to prove that I was not the diversity hire that, you know, that I really, really like know my stuff. Um, I think that's one, I mean, one of the other things is the, just the constant microaggression at work really takes takes a mental toll. If I have to worry about the microaggression I'm going to face today at work, it prevents me from doing, bringing my best self to the office because now I have to like protect myself and my space in addition to like showing up and doing my work. Whereas if I was white, I could just show up without having to worry about who is going to touch my hair today is going to call me a different name like i can just show up right but like now as a black woman i have to like start navigating okay like in this meeting they may call me somebody else's name so let yeah. me it's just a lot you know, like i just don't have i'm not fighting for the mental space to do my base job because i'm worrying about all these other things and we really would like to get to a world where that's not a problem but alas here we are so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I think you highlighted a lot of the like the systemic issues, if I could say that. Um, for me personally, there is I've had to deal with like imposter syndrome, especially once I got to graduate school. I think um, in undergraduate where there are a lot of there are still a lot of people that look like you, it's not too much to deal with. But once you start advancing, imposter syndrome as we as we call it, and as we've written about it, it's something that's very common to people like us. So black women, black high achieving women, black professional women, um, it's just this fear, this fear of like, you're not good enough, if you would. And a lot of times that fear comes because you're really the only one that looks like you in the rooms that you've, that you are. And everyone that when you turn around, looking around the table, it's like they seem to know their stuff. I mean, you know your stuff. You know you know your stuff. But there's a little voice in your head that's like, but do you really know? And so you deal, you deal with some of those, those challenges. You deal with that struggle of, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I even deserve to be here. Um, and so I've had to deal with that um, while, I while I was going through my PhD and through prayer through therapy through talking to talking to family and friends about it you have to still affirm yourself almost every single day that you're smart enough you're capable enough you can do it and then you strap up and then you go to you go to work and then you try to to get it done yeah but i just wanted to highlight that imposter syndrome is a big challenge that in that i do well i really wish minority women or black women African women, international students will not have to deal with. Yeah. Why should anyone? Anyone? 
contact you for your services. Hmm. Go ahead, Beatrice. <laughs> <laughs> <Break it home. laughs> um, why should anyone contact us for our services? Because we know what we're talking about. We've lived it, right? We know what it takes to be distinctive as an international student because we've had to be. And you don't want to struggle on your own. Come, let's show you how to be distinctive. Um, with every client's success, that story that we get, it's a huge smile and it warms our heart. Like we are rooting for you just as you're rooting for yourself, right? Granted, the, if you invest in us, like the money is good, you know, because you're paying for our time. But more than anything, we're rooting for you. And we're motivating you, like we want you to win, right? And so I would say to the client, to the person that's listening to this, who wants to come study in the United States, or who is already studying in the United States, and you're really just trying to be successful, both as an academic, trying to get all the way to PhD level, or even if you don't want to do that, or you're trying to get a job in corporate America and navigate that, there are people out there who have done it and have been able to excel at it. And there is value to listening to people who have gone before you and learning from them. And we don't just teach to our mentees, we're also mentored by other people, right? And so as we advance and as we learn, we go through that journey so that we could share that with you. Yeah. Chimaka, anything else? I'm just I'm just going to add that, and it's not just our experiences that you benefit from. We have just a huge network within both of us, and within like the SATs, where we have. If you think that you're going through something that's unique as an international student, we promise you, we know somebody. Who, we that's really know somebody who has gone through that exact experience, so we can really help you. So yeah, just add to that. And I appreciate you guys. You know. Um, kicking with me today. You could have been anywhere else in the world. You know, enjoying your life, enjoying your time. You decided to come share this with us. Um, how can people connect with you guys? How can people contact you? You know, so they can, you know, get you know the benefits that you guys, I mean, the services that you guys are the benefits as well. So we're on all social media as the SAS blog. Um, so on Instagram, we recently just launched our Facebook. Our website is www.thesasplug.com. So yeah, go on there, book that discovery call, chat with us, see how we can help you. Um, send us a DM, you know, comment, tell us how, just, yeah, just find us tell us how we can help you. And we would love to connect with you and yeah, help you get to the next place. But the SAS blog is what we do business as. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They are um, Dr. Beatrice, medical device engineer, mentor, and academic coach. And Dr. Chimaka, she is a chemical engineer, researcher, and mentor. And they're both the founder of Savvy Afro Success, your plug for U.S. international student success. Thank you, guys. That's right time appreciate you for you know your endeavors you know uh, 
students keep helping international students like the public students in general you know what i mean help them grow help them be you know the best they can be um, education. thank you for having us definitely we really enjoyed being here yeah as the business grow you know come back and share you know more experiences if you have something to share you really know how to you know, connect with us show us that email so get this thing going and we have another conversation and you know put it out for the people to you know learn so we're all here to learn we're all here to share experiences and that's what stuff is about oh so with that said man you guys should not forget um to review and follow the show on all social platforms at SITM podcast and also subscribe to all streaming platforms at SITM podcast matter of fact everywhere SITM podcast subscribe to Click on that button down there. Don't hate me. That cost you nothing. With that said, Uncle AK, Beatrice, and Dr. Beatrice, and Dr. Chibaka, thank you so much for your time. 